listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 114 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where I'm going to start with a little story. Uh, I saw a Ricky Gervais tweet a couple of days ago that was referring to, somebody told him, uh, God is real, or something to that effect. And then Ricky Gervais said, which one? And my immediate thought, and you can tell I'm a Maryland fan, and I love this school so much, that my first thought was, the angry Maryland quarterback hating God is real, and he comes to take your ACLs. Thomas, I don't know if you would have seen that tweet and thought the same thing, but I'm assuming most Maryland fans would. Um, I mean, now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the tweet, didn't really think about it. Yeah, no, it's been like kind of dormant for a couple months but we'll, we'll see it eventually the, the tweet to him was ricky god is real whether you like it or not and he said which one and then i immediately thought the angry maryland quarterback hating god i know that's not what he intended and ricky gervais probably has no idea what that is but that's a god that is real lamar he comes and he takes your acls and he doesn't care who he hurts along the way yeah well at least our current quarterbacks who were taken by the angry quarterback hating God are almost almost healed almost on the way healed. back. Until he comes again. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I fear that he's going to come again. This is Maryland football. Uh, surprisingly, despite that intro, we have a lot to talk about. It's the middle of April, and I never thought that we'd have this much to talk about on a college sports podcast, because we do. Uh, and we have to start with the AD. Because that was the thing that blew up on a Saturday in October when the Big Ten tailgate show was at Maryland for Northwestern Maryland. And then it just went away. It went into mothballs. And everybody assumed that was the end of that until, what, last Wednesday or Thursday. Immediately we hear, well, Kevin Anderson's actually left the school, Thomas. It kind of came out of nowhere. And I was surprised that I was hearing about it again because I figured they were going to quietly shuffle him off into mothballs and then wherever he's going next. And then it suddenly becomes public again. I mean, I think... You know, they announced it on that Saturday, and then a couple days later they announced he's taking a six-month sabbatical. My understanding um, in, you know, a lot of this is, you know, what I talked to Lamar about was that they tried to fire him but didn't read the fine print and then made some sort of compromise that they would keep him on, you know, just in, like, a very unofficial, not real capacity for six more months. And then, yeah, and then by coincidence, almost exactly six months to the day of all that. It's coincidence, when they officially... you say, Thomas. It's coincidence, you say. Yeah. I mean, we knew in October he would never actually return to the position. But, you know, now that's official, and now it's time for Maryland to actually have a real search. Now, my first thought when this was announced was, and you guys refuted it to some extent as we were talking pre-pod, is Damon Evans already doing this job? And he's been doing it for six months. And I kept thinking, is there really going to be a search going on when it appears that Damon Evans has some backers? Uh, Lamar, there, there, I guess, is more to it than just Damon Evans has been doing it for the six months that he has been, and he has backers in this job, right? He has been doing the job for the last couple... Like, he's been doing the job since KA went on his sabbatical. He has his backers within the community, within the boosters. Uh, so it's really just a matter of 
what uh how his last job ended at Georgia. He was doing a great job, was one of the rising stars in terms of uh athletic directors, had nine uh twelve national titles and twelve SEC championships while he was there. But uh, the he, the way he lost that job was just in such a public unceremonious fashion with uh, the the DUI arrest. So it's, if it comes down to this, is going to be a wide search. Maryland's a high profile job. It's a Big Ten school, the only FBS school in the area, and that also comes with uh, also uh, good academic schools. So that's a high profile job. It's going to be a wide search, and there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of candidates. So if it comes down to Damon Evans versus someone with a like without something like that on their uh, background, it's going. Uh, you can you can see how that's going to possibly take them out of the running. Uh, we can also say that this is a school that has the backing of the third largest apparel company in the U.S. Third, seven, yeah. I that's a big deal too. And we don't know where Kevin Plank stands on this, but where he stands on this matters a lot. And Thomas, I have no idea how that's going to impact the search. I have no idea how long a search is going to take. Damon Evans is still doing the job now, and presumably he'll continue doing this until he's either given the job full-time or somebody else is given the job. Uh, Who else could be candidates? I mean, that's a thing that I'm starting to think about now. And with coaching searches in football and basketball, you can easily create lists in your head without doing too much thinking. But with an AD search, that's much harder to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've seen, you know, the Washington Post and Baltimore Sun, they posted things um, yesterday about, you know, that included potential candidates. Um, and I'm not looking at any list right now, but some names I saw were like John Curry, um, the Kansas he, – he, he was at Kansas State and then he was at Tennessee – and he got canned from Tennessee while they were doing their football coaching search because that ended up not going well. Um, someone was trying to sabotage I mean, I mean, him during that. How he... would that be if John Curry – now, if you didn't read some of those stories about John Curry and they did a public records request on Tennessee and all the emails and text messages were going on during that search, it was lurid and it was hilarious. Now, whether he would be hired at Maryland, he would have – I'm infinitely less pressure at Maryland than he would at Tennessee, let's be honest. But still, that wouldn't be a particularly great look. I mean, that's just probably not. a couple other names that appeared in both articles were, um, I think, former Arkansas AD Jeff Long um, and if, out, the outgoing Hofstra AD and um, I believe Jeff Hathaway, who is someone who apparently was connected to this job um, when they hired Anderson, but, you know, didn't get it then. So um, those are just. A handful of names um obviously damon evans is you know at this point the incumbent um so it'll, it'll be interesting to see you know when they really start a search you know who kind of comes up and you know what they're really going for it's an interesting time for maryland to conduct a search i mean it's not that there's a huge amount of pressure on dj durkin right now but there is a huge amount of pressure on mark turgeon going into the next basketball season. And that's a decision that said new AD, whoever it is, whether it's Damon Evans or not, might have a decision to make if next basketball season goes south. So the timing of this search is very interesting. Of course, you will stay tuned with Testudo Times and this podcast for all the updates. But unlike a football or basketball head coaching search, this is going to be a slow process. Now, I wasn't paying attention to Maryland as closely as I am now 
when Kevin Anderson was hired, but I don't know how long that process take. If somebody could fill me in on that, if you know more, but I can't imagine that was a process that happened very quickly. It usually takes months. So I'm figuring we're not going to see something here until a couple months at least. They've got a long way to go until football season, so at least that buys them some time. Would you expect Thomas to have somebody in officially as a new AD by the start of football season? Yeah. Okay, perfectly good answer. Speaking of football, let's talk about the spring game, which uh, Maryland got a one-up on the rest of the Big Ten because weather in Maryland in April is not necessarily as terrible as it is everywhere else in the country, so they could have a spring game. Now, I didn't pay attention to this spring game because I was calling baseball games, but Thomas, fill me in on what happened. Maryland won. Yeah. Um, they also lost. <laughs> Maryland, Maryland lost. So, uh, Every so, victory I mean, is the, a Pyrrhic victory in Maryland They did it kind of weird. The last couple of years, they've did this offense first defense. Um, this year, they did it basically the entire first string against the entire second string, which you'd be surprised, but the first string was a lot better. Wow, that's a stunning development, even at Maryland. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the first string won 31-3. Um, it was weird. Like, a lot of the, you know, the running backs who scored touchdowns actually, like, took snaps on bo- for both teams. And it was supposed to be the red team and the white team, but a lot of guys, you know, the first string defen- defensive players were wearing red, even though that's the white team. So... That was all kind of wonky, but um, do we and really even then, some guys the took of a spring game. Do we? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just checking. No, I mean, but in general, in general, the the quarterbacks are clearly not Maryland's preferred quarterback options. Um, you know, Bordenschlager looked okay. Tyler Desu looked, you know not quite ready which he was in high school a couple weeks ago you know a couple months ago that's to be expected and so you know we, we really didn't learn a lot there um we, you know we kind of knew that running back was deep and you got to see that in the spring game um really i think the big standouts were probably marcus lewis had a pick six um and he's supposed to be you know one of the starting corners you know this year and, you know, that was actually his first game back at Maryland at, since transferring because he wasn't able to play this past season. Um, and so he, you know, finally was able to play in front of his family and friends and, and all that. And he got, you know, got to score a touchdown, which was a really cool moment for him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Much else? I mean, let's talk about the, the running backs, I guess, because that's the position group I think everyone most excited about because Maryland has six or seven of them that could be very good, and they don't have nearly that kind of depth at any other position. So now that we got to see a lot of them play, uh, what are we thinking about this position now? Uh, anything change? Anybody stand out uh, amongst the rest? I wouldn't say anything's changed. Um, it's still Ty Johnson and then Lorenzo Harrison. And then some combination of Jake Funk, Anthony McFarland, Javon Leak, Teon Fleet Davis all getting carries. Um, it'll be, I mean, it's mostly a question of how they use different guys because there's so many different roles. It's not like they'll all really be playing the same position. You know, you, I think you'll see Anthony McFarland, you know, in the slot a lot. You'll see Teon Fleet Davis in as a blocker a lot. It's not like they're all playing just running back. They'll play, little, you know, this spot, this spot, this spot. And so I think that's going to be a way for them to get multiple running backs on the field at all times. 
And because those are some of their best playmakers, that's obviously what you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really every one of those guys will get touches in some capacity. Which is good because I don't think last year, Lamar, we saw enough touches for some of the other guys beyond Johnson, Harrison, and Jake Funk. So what did you think about the spring game? Who stood out for you? And is there anything that Thomas didn't mention that you'd like to specifically bring up? Uh just be ready for Ant Mac. He's going to be a problem all season. Um, we were Javon hoping he was Lee. going to be a problem last year, and he wasn't because he didn't play. Well, or maybe he was a problem. Yeah. He didn't play. Now that I think about it. Well, it's a good thing we left him. It, last year was ended up being a waste of season anyway. Uh, so it's good he got the time to just recover because he's looking explosive. Uh, Javon League is. He's going to get a couple. He's going to take a couple carries to the house and just like surprise people because he's super fast um and oh my god jet sweep oh jet sweeps did, like did we talk sweep. about all the jet sweeps yet no i don't think so but i like no there were a play. lot of them a lot of motions a lot of jet sweeps there were so we knew there were going to be a bunch of as soon as we hired canada that was going to be that was going to be a staple of his offense he does all the pre-snap motions and he did a bunch of that on saturday even though he was like just confusing maryland so but like yeah it's going to be a little nauseating all the all the pre-snap motions but if they start working it's going to be uh and oh my god jet sweep jake uh hold on hold on on. we should absolutely start a like Jet sweep, Jake. We have to start like a drinking game for how many jet sweep to get ridiculous. Like that's a that's a weekly blackout. Oh my god, he took like ten, which is incredible because he only had seven carries. I'll take jet sweep, Jake. I mean, it seems possible that in a Maryland offense that you could have ten jet sweeps for Jake Funk and he could get seven carries. But uh, with all this motion, with all this craziness on offense, Thomas, what do we think Matt Canada's offense is going to actually look like in the end when it's all said and done, when they actually have quarterbacks playing? Well, I think part of the good news is that, you know, we've seen, you know, Matt Canada's offense before. I mean, he's been an offensive coordinator a lot of places over several years. And so, I mean, I think it'll, it'll look a lot like those, um, you know, especially with him having a mobile quarterback, you know, whether it's Christine Harrell or, Tyrell Pigram, you know, either of those guys, um, you know, he's had Jacoby Brissett before, um, you know, and that was kind of similar. Um, you know, a lot of the things that he did at Pitt, you know, you can see maybe McFarland in the Quadri Henderson role, you know, things like that. I mean, just now, now hold on. We have a question, decent Tom. idea of what it might look like, but I don't, you know, one depends. question. Yes. Were there any throwbacks to offensive linemen? None of those yet. Well, we However, need to have one. I'm going to be pass. disappointed with Matt Canada if there is not a Peisman touchdown for Maryland this year. There needs to be. It could be against some team that no one cares about. It could be at Bowling Green, a game that two people will watch. But we need to have a Peisman touchdown this season for Maryland because Matt Canada is running the offense. It has to happen. I think there's a decent chance of it for sure. Thank um, God for that. I, I don't know who the guy would be. It could be anybody. But I don't care who. Damian Prince for the score. Yes, that'll be. I'm totally okay with that. That'll be the slowest touchdown we've ever seen. Uh, but I don't really care. It'll be a touchdown for Maryland, and the internet will go crazy. 
and it'll be the most yeah. positive press Maryland football has gotten since ever. So I'm totally here like, for that. What if it's a jump ball to TJ Bradley, who's 6'8"? Uh, that would be good, too. I mean, again, if, if you're Maryland, why not do crazy random stuff on offense? Because you're Maryland. Do that. We, we talked for years about them being the Oregon of the East. Actually try to be Oregon of the East. Why not? Anyway, let's, I guess. let's let's hope that it comes out a lot this way as we saw a little bit of it at the spring game. Uh, Lamar, are there any individual players besides the ones that we mentioned that stood out to you that uh, might not have been getting the same kind of talking points that we've been talking about them before, but we should start to think about them as bigger players heading into the season? Um... <clears throat> We should be hyping Byron Coward more. He has not been hyped enough. He's he's going to be an impact player on that defense. Like he's been hyped, but he should be hyped more. And he, he is huge and would have literally have eaten Tyler Desu had he been allowed to tackle him in the spring game. Like he's going to cause a problem and put him opposite Jesse Anabonum. Like our our defensive line should be a lot better than it was last year. Well, last year it had no pass rush to speak of whatsoever. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose Anna Bonham in the, what was it, the third quarter of the first game? Yep. That was, well, now we have him this year. Unless injuries take him away again, and it's Maryland, so it's hey, entirely hey. possible. Knock on wood right um, now. I'm always skeptical of Maryland and injuries, but... I think, wasn't the game actually on TV because all the other spring games got canceled because of the weather? Yeah. So the uh, it, was on de- it was on a delay, though. It played on BTN to go uh, live, and then it was on a delay at, like, four. Oh, okay. Well, still, Maryland had a spring game where a bunch of other schools did not have a spring game. So take that, Big Ten. Maybe that's why we're in the conference, because it could be 80 in April in, uh, in Maryland, where everywhere else it's snowing and there's a blizzard. Hey, it's, it's something, right? we got to take something in football because normally we don't have anything otherwise worth celebrating in Maryland football. But the spring game sounds like fun. It sounds like there's just some general excitement about the program, even though there are a lot of reasons to be skeptical as the entire offensive coaching staff changed and Maryland still doesn't have any quarterbacks. But they also picked up some commitments, too, recently. I don't think we've talked about them, Thomas, but we should go into a few of them briefly. I think there have been a couple three stars that have rec- uh, committed to Maryland, including one that I think over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think really the only guy we we haven't talked about is a Marion Brown, who is the three-star wideout, um, who was up on a visit starting Thursday and committed Saturday morning. He is very fast and will be a matchup problem for a lot of people, so that's, you know, exciting. Fast um, players are good. Really, it's – yeah, I mean, he's only – the third guy in the class which is like outside the top 40 but only outside you know barely outside the top 40 with only three guys is fine i don't think they only Um, have only three stars have committed yet yeah i mean it's been you know it was him there was a star yeah uh sort of an athlete who will probably be a defensive back levante gator and then cameron blunt who's you know, defensive end linebacker type. So, I mean, it's the start of a class. There will be a lot more, you know, as the spring continues. That will not be surprising. And, of course, for Maryland, you have to get some of these three stars that aren't as highly touted, and you have to develop them into good players. And Maryland has done that. Some of their best players in recent years, DJ Moore, 
have been three stars that blossomed into really, really good players. And that's what they have to continue to do going forward. And hopefully they will continue to do this. Speaking of commitments, positive basketball news for once. Lamar, there's a basketball commitment. Yeah, picking up Smith was really good for the class. It brings in another... It really fills out that guard class. You now have three combo guards, all with different skill sets that can be like interchanged off the bench. Because you know you have Cowan and Hurd as your like starting guards, but behind them you now have a lot different ways to get uh, players involved. Smith has a tight handle; is really good at creating off the dribble, uh, pulling up like. His game was kind of has kind of been compared to Jamal Crawford. He's had big games against Oak Hill as both a junior and senior. Um, and then Ayala is more of, uh, seen as more of a facilitator type, uh, while Wiggs is closer to a two-three. Um, but getting Smith also simplifies the rest of the offseason a little bit for Mark Turgeon. Uh, now you can focus on getting a grad transfer big that whether Bruno comes back or leaves. You have some reinforcements for the uh, front court. And it's, at this point, it's looking like Bruno's leaning towards saying, but you, you never know if he gets hears something uh, good around the draft. He could always be gone. Um, you miss out on Tariq Owens. He goes to Texas Tech, but you still have Trey Porter in the mix, um, as well as a couple other players that we've been linked to. And then you can play with that last scholarship almost you know you have a huge offseason ahead of you a huge season ahead of you if you're Mark Turgeon you just got getting Smith simplifies a little bit of that because now you have your backup guard your last backup guard mm. so I want to quickly get a couple of points on that first of all your thoughts on uh, the uh, Bruno Fernando situation declaring for the draft not hiring an agent you said you think he's leaning towards coming back we talked about that Thomas and I and uh, Jared last week on the show and we think probably the same but with Bruno Fernando it could go one of a million ways and this is probably the most uncertain I've been of any recent Maryland prospect that has entered the draft and didn't hire an agent so where do you think this ends up because he has the ability to just totally flash at the combine with all of his raw talent and raw ability but then he has the possibility of not doing it yeah so it really depends on whether he a gets an invite to the combine which I think he should uh but there's also this is a loaded class. You never know. But I think enough people want to get their eyes on him that like he'll get an invite. <clears throat> Becky hears because a lot of people have seen the flashes. So if you you the if the NBA scout says like, hey, we think you could develop into this, this, and this if you go back to school for a year. That's that's important uh, feedback. Or if they say it's like if you come out right now, this is your draft range. But like. This is where we think you could be. It all depends on what he hears at the combine because he is the type of player who has the potential to carve out a career for himself in the league. He rebounds. He plays with high energy. He has a little bit of a jumper. As all those develop, it, uh, he will definitely have a chance to carve out a career for himself. It's just a matter of like what he hears of where he'll like land in this draft class. If he hears that like he be much better served by another year. I think he's the type of player who is like, okay, I like Maryland. I would come back for another year and do this. Do you think that he'd come out for something like a second round grade? Because with all of the players that have declared for the draft this year, and the class is just totally madness, 
right? It's I've never seen an NBA class of draftees this deep. Like, would he declare for a second round uh, grade or would he? I mean, I don't think they give you a second round grade, but if that's like where they tell him he could go, you'd have to think he could come back, right? And then potentially be one of the top prospects for 2019. Yeah, but I think if he gets like a guarantee from someone, like, go make your money. So that's like a second round grade is always tricky in that sense. It depends on how they feel about you in that second round grade. It's like, I mean, hey, they did just upgrade the G League salaries based at $35,000. But I mean, that is money. But for the potential for Bruno Fernando to make a heck of a lot more. I, I agree. Uh, a second round grade is tricky. And I think he would come back for one. Like, he, he'd return if he got, like, a mid-second-round grade. But, like, if he gets, like, a – like, if someone's willing to spend, like, a late first or early second on him, I, you can't really fault, fault – wouldn't really fault him for leaving that. But I think in this class, he'd end up closer to that uh, middle to late second round. So, if he gets one of those grades, I think he'll be back. I think it just hurts that this, cra- this class is so deep, and it's also the kind of player that he is – you know, he is a little bit more of an old-school big man in that way. But he has some of the modern skill set, Thomas. But we, we talked about this last week. It's just, I think, harder to gauge more with him because he could totally flash at the combine and then somebody gets enamored with him and that's it. But this is also an incredibly deep draft class. I want you to talk about Sorrell Smith and how it shapes up the rest of this next month and a half for Maryland of trying to fill out the roster. Yeah, so, I mean... You have Smith, so you have the guard situation pretty much figured out at this point. Um, it's a deep you know, that, guards now. I mean, it's very young, but it has a lot of potential. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially for even beyond next year, because almost everyone in it is, you know, a, you know, there won't be any seniors in that group. So yeah. it, it's going to be, you know, Cowan with then a, a sophomore and then a few freshmen. Um and then, I mean, the the uncertainty now is front court because you have to plan for Bruno to not be back. You know, you have to get someone who can be your five um, if Fernando leaves because as the roster is currently constructed and, you know, that's probably even better, which not is not ideal. No. Is not ideal. Now, not as even, a big if, he, even if he does come back, He's not coming back for 1920. There's just no way that's going to happen unless he has a terrible season and it just goes, all goes wrong. But even with the injury to Justin Jackson, he declared for the NBA draft and hired an agent. So I think Maryland is planning for and probably assuming that they will have Bruno Fernando for another year at most. So you could get a stopgap this year and then presumably you plan ahead after that. They already have a couple of recruits in 2019, I think, that fill that need. But you're right about finding another big man. I think that's absolutely necessary, and they're still even then a little bit light in the front court to what I think they'd ideally want, especially considering what Mark Turgeon likes in his team. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting, you know, that this year was the year that he finally played small ball. And, well, you know, because he, he liked had a lot to. of he things no about it. Choice. Yeah. I, I, I think he liked a lot of things about it, though, and I, I don't know, you know, going forward, you know, I think he might play smaller a lot more frequently next year just because that's those that's who his best players will be. Then that's whether or not Fernando comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, priority number one right now is Trey Porter, who I imagine will announce in early May. 
is I can imagine the full court what I've been told on that at this point. Yeah. Um, and then there are a couple other forwards that they're after. Not a lot of centers, actually. Um, do you think they fill out all their available scholarship slots, or do you think they go in with one open next year? I think they probably leave one open for you know potential random wild card summer international pickup. Josh Tamayas, basically, is what you're talking. Yes. About. Yeah. I mean, and you know, he filled their scholarship chart last time. So, you know, I think you probably leave one open, but. You know, if Fernando leaves, I think they probably add maybe two players. If well, he stays, they are still going to try to add one. I think they're going to add I mean, one no still... matter what, and it could be two if Fernando leaves. It would be two if Fernando leaves. Yeah, I mean, and they're still, you know, recruiting on the high school level. I'm uncertain what they'll do as far as, um, you know, recruiting regular transfers. Um, they've been linked to a couple guys because next year is so important, you really can't afford to like, you know, use a scholarship on someone who won't be around. True. Is my take. I think that's very true. And uh, also with your small ball comments, Matt Allen somewhere, wherever he is, is probably listening to the show saying, thank God it took long enough. How many times did I say that on this show for years? Anyway, you know, he's, you know, he's thinking about it, right? Cause how many times did we have him on this show saying, please oh, absolutely. play small ball. That's one of our running gags on this show, but it was actually a serious comment. Maybe it could happen next year, but starting to take shape, and uh, Sorrell Smith had made it. At least when I checked, they had the seventh best class in the country now for freshmen. And listen, considering the people yep. that they missed to still have the seventh best class in the country, that's pretty good. And again, to get to like the top couple of recruiting class in the country, you have to recruit the best players, bar none, Duke, in order to be successful in that. So... I think they've done a pretty good job, and we will definitely see how the rest of it all shakes out as time goes on. There should be a couple of more things that will happen, and we will see where that goes. Uh, let's get to spring sports now. Uh, Thomas, I really shouldn't joke about Rutgers anymore because when I do, Maryland almost loses to them, and that's bad. Yeah, I mean, Rutgers lacrosse is good. Like, no, Okay, Thomas, can we, can, can I talk to you about something? Can I talk to you about something? They might be good, but it's still Rutgers. I'm going to continue this running joke until I absolutely have to stop it, but it's still Rutgers. And when you lose to Rutgers in anything, particularly the sport that Maryland is best at, I don't care how good Rutgers is. Still not a great look. All right. Well, that's, that's fine. You know, but they, they beat the number seven team in the country and they're still the number one team in the country. And then that's that. That's good. Like, yeah. Connor Kelly, by the way, is like just going insane. Uh, he had six goals and an assist last week, and this week he had four goals and four assists, which is completely ridiculous for lacrosse. Yep. Um, he's already – goes from crazy bonkers scorers, then they graduate one, and another one just steps up and does the same thing. It's an yeah, endless I mean, cycle Kelly of players scored, that do this. Kelly scored a lot more goals last year. This year he's you know just racking up assists. I think he's had more assists this year than he did in his first three combined, just because of the role they're asking him to fill. That's what Maryland does in lacrosse. They can always find players to do that sort of thing. Every single year, there's a new one that just scores goals in bunches. It's crazy, isn't it? 
and then gets assists yep. a bunch too. Because I've always found, and maybe it's just because of my love of hockey and soccer, that assists are almost as fun, if not more fun, than scoring. And maybe a good, a good creative player is always fun. And then the Maryland have probably, you could argue, the best creative player right now in the country. Am I right in saying that? Up there, at least. Okay, good. And what else has been going on in the world of spring sports? Well, softball beat Rutgers twice. That's so that, good. I'm and it was sure on you'll BTN. be happy with that. It was on BTN, too. I actually watched a little of it. How about it? I did. It was on um, TV. I felt very good about that. Yeah, so they're somehow doing better right now than baseball is. <laughs> baseball is, like, losing midweek games by 11, and also all of its pitchers seem to be hurt now. Oh, that's, um, that's fun. They're like the Mets now, except, like, the actual Mets, not the Mets who were somehow good for the first couple of weeks of the season. Correct. Um, women's lacrosse is still doing its thing. So that's that's the better news. That's always good. That's fantastic. I can't think of anything else to say about women's lacrosse other than they're amazing and baseball to say, well, it's gone poorly. <coughs> Just by reading the couple articles, of, you uh, can tell it got poor. It's gone very badly. Yeah, I mean, a couple of um, you know rematches in lacrosse this weekend – you know, the men beat Ohio State for the title last year. Oh, so that's so a that very rematch fun is game. in College Park this weekend. Yeah. First well, Ohio, Ohio State just isn't that good this year. Yeah, Ohio State just isn't that good this year, though. They're six They're like 6-6, six and six and they're unranked. Oh. Um, I feel so bad for Ohio State. They'll only have to turn to one of the other many sports they're good at. I know. Um, but then... At the same time, the women are playing Penn State, who they beat by 10 in the Final Four. Um, Penn State is ranked 17th and still have still has a three-headed, like, kind of monster at attack. So that'll be interesting. That's Thursday, so mm. tomorrow. Tomorrow as we're recording this, yes. And then the men are the men over the weekend. Yes, as they always do. Well, as I said, it's it's... I mean, again, it's not like we could even really gloat at Ohio State for being terrible at lacrosse because I don't think they really care that much. So, anyway, it is it is what it is. Lamar, is there anything you'd like to mention about spring sports? Uh, I have recently wrote, written a couple articles about women's lacrosse, and that's been new. Um, well, isn't it Megan fun to Whittle, cover a team that wins consistently? It, it, it really is. It really is. It makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, uh, like I did. I did math this week. Megan Whittle could potentially get 300 goals this season, technically, but don't hold oh, me to well, it. 300 career goals. 300, 300, 300 career, career goals. goals. Yeah, this season. That's uh, that's. Yeah, that I meant to lot. say get. Handball? I meant to say get two 300 goals this season. You did. You I did. See. You did. I'll give you that. But I'm thinking 300 goals is like a handball score or something like that. Or you're playing foosball, competitive foosball. Or she's just playing by herself and no one's guarding anyone. You know what? I think Maryland would probably try that at one point, and they might still win. But, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was it. That's fun. You know what else is fun? Going on Twitter and watching everyone lose their minds over Comcast dropping BTN. And we're sorry if you have Comcast in places that aren't Big Ten states. I don't think Comcast actually knows where the Big Ten is. Uh, hopefully they know where they're in Maryland because Maryland plays basketball at a building called the Xfinity Center. Uh, but that's been fun to watch as the world has melted down over and on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I don't think it'll matter 
as much as, you know, it would seem just because they're keeping it in big 10 states and that does include Maryland. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we were, we were talking about this earlier. It's almost certainly just Comcast playing hardball. Um, we'll, we'll see what it actually turns into. Um, you know, it might just lead to more people trying to, you know, get BTN to go and such. Well, apparently what's happened is they're dropping it from cable packages but you're still allowed to stream it. I have no idea what Comcast is doing there. As I said, uh, BTN just got subscribed to the Nielsen ratings, so you can actually see how many households they're in, uh, which means that if Comcast is dropping them en masse, they are one of the biggest cable companies in the country, their subscriber numbers would go down in a major way. That's not a good look for BTN and the people that own them. So again, the fact that this is happening in April and May is hardball to me because... Most people, A, if they're going to stay on cable for anything, it's for sports and live sports, and BTN has it. And people want to watch Big Ten football, particularly out of state, because Big Ten schools have alumni everywhere. So that's part one. And then part two, it's April, and the major stuff for BTN starts happening in September. Uh, BTN will be back on your Comcast if it's being dropped by September, I'll bet you that. It's just really funny that it's happening. And I saw a tweet exchange where somebody was like, Hey, I'm going to subscribe to Fios if you, if you drop BTN. And then the Fios Twitter account went nuts. Like, oh my God, yes, we'll take you in a second. That's what Twitter is basically with cable companies. It's really funny because no one likes any cable company whatsoever. It's very odd. And particularly when it comes to sports. And particularly when it comes to this podcast. Speaking of a cable company that's called Comcast. That it might be listening to our conversations and be dropping the internet. Making the recording of this podcast very difficult. You've heard some rough edits in this show. That's largely why. We apologize for that. Blame Comcast, and hopefully they don't drop cable in Maryland at any point going forward with BTN. Because I'm going to assume a lot of Maryland football games are going to be on BTN next year. Just going to take a guess, right? At least a couple, yeah. Well, they have to have at least two, but Maryland ends up being eight or nine. So, hey, what? what, what? Wait, are you saying that Maryland football isn't a national television draw? Well, do you know what? As many times as they tried to put Maryland on Fox and it was watched by about two people and their dog, I mean, you tell the Fox programming executives that. No one wants to watch Maryland on national over-the-air television. You tell them that and hopefully they'll listen. Because I was sick of having to explain to people that Maryland is on Fox and, listen, nobody wants to watch Maryland lose by 60 to Ohio State on national television. I don't care if you put Gus Johnson there. No one cares. Thank you. Fox, stop it. Put it on FS1. Put it on BTN. Put it on ESPN The Ocho or on ESPN Plus to make people have to pay to watch Maryland football. That's the only way that most people actually want to watch Maryland football, to be honest. Boy, just don't put them on Fox. Fox, I hope you're listening to this. Anyway, hopefully, uh, boy, that was a rant that I was not expecting to have in this show. But you know what? Maybe it's because I got thinking about cable companies and media companies and now I'm ranting. It's okay, though. It's, it's going to be okay. Maybe the next time I record a podcast, the internet won't drop out. 15 seconds after uh, I start recording. Anyway, uh, is there anything else that I missed, Thomas? I don't believe so. Thank God. I don't want to have to rant anymore. Whew. Okay, Lamar, anything? Nothing? Nada. Good. Thank God. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we'll be back with you very soon. And until then, of course, go Terps.